Serbia's attack was suicidal. Max Verstappen, you are a race winner. You like my face? You like it? Hello and welcome to Back of the Grid for the Austrian Grand Prix. My name is Chris Evans and as always I'm joined by Tom King and Stu Greenwood. Hello. Hello. How are we? Yeah, pretty good. How are you? Pretty good. Pretty good. All same. Yeah. Um, I was very tired on Sunday and the race did absolutely nothing to wake me up. Um, Ditto. <laughs> it wasn't the best race we've had all year. Uh, in fact, we were just saying how the official F1 highlights video is the first couple of laps, then skips to lap 40-something for the pit stops, then skips to lap 70, which sort yeah. of says all you need to know. Yeah. Um, so I imagine we'll probably talk about those small number of laps as well. <laughs> so I guess starting at the start, or if you're Sebastian Vettel, starting too much before the start, uh, Bottas made an incredible getaway. In fact, he said it was the best start he's ever made in any category ever. Uh, unfortunately, Vettel was straight on the radio saying he jumped the start. Uh, the stewards investigated it and found no reason to penalise him. Uh, by chance, actually, they've got some fancy new graphics this weekend that shows the reaction time of uh, people at the start. I wonder how much of that was like something that they quickly edited spur of the moment and threw on. Because why would they normally have that? They wouldn't normally show that, would they? I, I actually but, think it was just a coincidence that they were having this new thing on a weekend. Yeah. It really mattered, to be honest. Yeah. Um, it showed Bottas as reacting within 0.201 seconds of the uh, lights going out, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> which a lot of people thought was too fast. Uh, yeah, but the stewards didn't see any reason to penalise him. Uh, he was under investigation for quite a while, actually, considering jump starts are normally a pretty cut and dry thing you either did or you didn't they actually seemed to look at it for quite a while uh but yeah they decided there was no need to penalize him because the cars actually have a transponder in them don't they that tracks movement yeah, things a, like that there's a sensor underneath each grid slot as yeah. far as i know as well um i did see sky f1 italia which i can only assume are as obsessed with ferrari and vettel as sky uk are with hamilton um, literally went frame by frame through the onboard from Bottas's car, which did actually show him moving before the lights went out. Um, the F1 released an official statement on it, uh, saying that uh, the jump start system judges whether a car has moved a preset very small distance between the point at which the red light comes on and the point at which the light goes out. We found the need to allow for very small movements. Drivers sometimes need to make clutch adjustments in preparation for the start. Uh, this system, which depends on the official timing, has been in operation for some 20 years and has proved extremely reliable. Uh, in today's instance, Bottas did not exceed this, again, very small limit before the start was given. Uh, simply put, he made an exceptionally accurate and fortuitous judgment call. Which is fair enough, I guess. Yeah, I don't, I don't see anything wrong with his start myself. Well, he didn't actually move until the lights went out so there's nothing wrong with it yeah I, 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 I guess the regulations there in place in place there to sort of because when you're imagine you're doing a hill start, I don't, do you do you guys both drive no no do you don't drive okay so so well no one drives so when you're if you're a set of traffic lights and they happen to be on a hill what you will do is you will what well, a lot of people will do, not all not all people, but some people will 
will rest. So, so you lift the clutch and you rest on the bike point of the clutch yeah. to hold the car in position. And that is what a Formula One driver does at the start of every race. He'll hold, exactly. especially on a race where they're going uphill, like they are in Azab- uh, in in Austria. Yeah, exactly. Go back, <laughs> back two weeks. For a no more Baku talk, please. Yeah. <laughs> um, so if they, if you're resting, if you're, if you are resting on the clutch, there will be, and I, I imagine that's why this regulation exists. There's always going to be a little bit of movement as you balance it on that, on that. Yeah, of course. On that level. So. And I think that's what it, I did see the video of of the lights still being on when the the wheels literally turn a millimeter there's, forward. Yeah, there's the one the thing that you're referring to as well is that's the one where literally the same frame that the lights go out, the car's rolling forward. It's that where the motion's just starting, isn't it? Yeah, uh, and then then he he's gone. But I I just think that that is like just it's part of it anyway, isn't it? It's kind of. Yeah. Although it's a random thing, like you've got to be able to sort of almost judge that it's coming and be ready for it. Yeah. So I did think it was I think interesting. As long as you don't completely jump it and go before the reds are gone. Yeah. I can't see that huge of a problem with it. No. I thought it was interesting that I've read that um, they have this sort of t- small tolerance built in to allow for kind of just clutch movements and stuff. Yeah. However, they will not say what that tolerance is because they know that if they say to teams, oh, we allow this much movement before the start lights go out, the teams yeah. will just start trying to exploit that, like, what yeah, must be millimetres of movement, yeah. Yeah, I exactly. thought that. Yeah. And, and what's to say that they won't start exploiting it now, knowing that, oh, yeah. having seen this onboard footage and knowing what tolerance he's got away with, that's probably on the, on the uh, thin end of the margin. I imagine but, a lot of drivers are going to be riding the clutch a little... Uh, more generously come the next start. Yeah. It's it's interesting to see what Charlie Whiten said about it, though, because obviously his opinion on it was that they've been told in the past, a couple of years ago, that they're allowed to almost try and preempt the lights, and it's it's on them to risk that. If they want to risk trying to preempt the light and then cause themselves a penalty because they've gone early that's almost on them to risk it. But then the official regulation says they shouldn't be trying to predict the light. So it's a bit of a... Yeah. Yes. There is a bit of a grey area in the middle from what the race director's saying to what the <laughs> official regulations say. Because this uh, goes back to Monza in 2014 when Hamilton yeah, reacted within 0.05 seconds. Um, what? <laughs> which, which people said is basically impossible human reaction time. Yeah. And people pointed out that like in athletics, if you... If you start moving within a hundred milliseconds of the gun, that's deemed a full start because it's smaller than human reaction times. And that's when Charlie Whiting said, basically, what he said, if someone wants to risk it and gets lucky, then fair enough. The the thing, the difference, I think though, is there's there's two things sort of on that point that I think make it slightly different in F1, and one of them is the fact that in athletics you react into a sound which is different to reacting to a visual cue because of it just purely because of the way sound is the speed sound travels and is processed by your brain you can True. see something quicker than you can hear something so you'd automatically react to a light That's very faster true, than you would a sound so so there's there's a slight difference there but then the other thing is if if I'll try and dig it out at some point and maybe tweet it out on the on the Twitter account but there was an awesome piece that Martin Brundle did with 
um, Nico Hulkenberg and the guys from Toby IX who do the eye tracking software and eye tracking hardware for oh, PC. Yeah. Um, which I've I've actually got one of their eye tracking bars, which is how I found the video, and it's amazing to see the reaction levels he just he has, and it shows you sort of how their reactions are just ridiculously insane. He he can sort of look in his mirror and identify something in his mirror in less than a quarter of a second, which is like more than it would take. Well, that's the sort of the minimum a human can sort of look at something and process what it is and then, you know, look you know look away from it and go back to what they were doing. Um, and there's, there's some really interesting stuff in it that I think highlights kind of those quicker reaction times. Yeah. Okay. So um, for anyone who's uh, interested in testing their own reaction time, <laughs> um, I've just sent to you guys as well um, this excellent fun website called um it's it's f1-start.glitch.me and it's uh, they're all lowercase and you can test your own reaction time so Ooh, okay. i think what we can do now is a fun little game where we all test our well, reaction I, time. see i was this is even better what i was about to tell you oh. i saw i saw on twitter earlier someone some like fairly small sort of f1 fan account it said, um, do the bot-ass test, press start on the stopwatch on your phone and try and stop it on exactly five seconds. And Valtteri Bottas replied to them and he'd missed it by uh, a hundredth of a second. <laughs> the thing is, uh, that the, the other reason that's slightly different is you can preempt it because you know it's going to be five seconds. Yeah. But I've just done the F1 start glitch me thing. Mm-hmm. 0.248. Nice. Oh, I got... Oh, the one I've just done, I got 0.249. Oh! <laughs> God, Chris, you've got to do it now. You gotta do it now. 0.221. Oh, what? what? I will say, my, <laughs> what? I, I did. I I'm, now I'm gonna vet all this. That is a jump start. Yeah. That is, uh, you're cheating, man. When I when I tried this earlier on my phone, I did manage a, a 0.230. Yeah, well. yeah, my, that's yeah. That's my absolute <laughs> limit. That's that's as good as I Picture can get. All my others happen. were like, I was averaging like 2.5, uh, 0.25 seconds. Which I think seems like the the average thing. Most, I was and, and from that I was trying to look up the average Formula One start time, reaction time, but I can't find anything anyway. Have you guys managed to come up with anything? For that? No, I've not really seen anything for that. No, I, to be honest, I haven't really looked. But because I, like I said, I've not read into this as a lot of like what some people have. It's just like to me, it was a fast start. Vettel's had a bit of a whinge. Come up with some of his alternative facts and yeah. things that he does. He, he just he's get he's annoyed me the last couple of races because he's like just decided to disbelieve everything that everyone said to him. Like you you committed dangerous driving. When did I do that? Um, his reaction time was zero point two zero five. Nope, don't believe that. And like just shut up, Sebastian, and just yeah. accept that you're wrong sometimes. Yeah. You know what I've just done? I've God. just I've just got exactly the same time funnily time. enough so i did exactly the same thing i tried it three times <laughs> i got 0. 0.221 0. 0.223 0. 0.221 wow i've got 0. 0.248 0. 0.269 and 0. 0.254 all right, right. We, we need I've to got, um... i've got one more to do let me do one more i've got two <laughs> i've got I'm two, two nines. so let's let's try again right here we go three lights four lights five lights <laughs> Oh, it was a long hold. I know it's such a long hold. Two eight one, two two five. Ooh, wow. oh, you guys are much faster than me. Okay, we need to get this on Twitter and Facebook and see if anyone can beat us. Uh, okay, yeah, yeah. We'll we'll, we'll get us get a screenshot of your fastest, and then we'll uh, <laughs> we will 
post it and see if anyone else can do this it. This podcast has become us just playing a game on the internet. Yeah, we need to stop. We That's need to carry on. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I just realised, yeah, that this race was so pants that yeah. it's turned into us playing a game where you click on out. Yeah. <laughs> I've, even, I've even got some emergency questions lined up for later in case we don't have enough to talk about. <laughs> um, anyway. Right, yes. So, yeah, as you alluded to, Vettel still insisted that He'd jump the start despite the FIA saying he hadn't. Um, he said so from his car in the room of awkward before the podium, in the podium interviews, in the press conference, and to any other interviewer that would listen to him. I mean, yeah, we know how Vettel feels about Stu's decisions. I mean, he was yeah. slightly bold of him, given that he's sort of on a. He's already had a slapped wrist yeah. in the last. He's a naughty, isn't he? A bit like, cheeky. It, I mean, he was being jokey about it, to be fair. It's, we're not going to say he should have been mm. getting a race ban because it's a final straw or anything but was he oh, joking, no I, I, i'm not saying that i just wish he'd stop it stop harping on everything as much as he is yeah he's been and petulant isn't he yeah yeah it's like, i i understand his point going into the press conference where he was saying i just i i thought he jumped start and and the, the speed that he left the line kind of put me off and I, I was on the bit of a back foot because it's hard to stay still when you think that they've jumped and stuff like that i, I got that that was all fine mm. but when then when one of the reporters said to him his reaction time was this it was like nope that's not true so it's, like, <laughs> it's a fact vettel it's been given to you. it's a fact just oh that's what's annoyed me yeah, I mean, up. someone asked um, Ricardo the same question and he sort of said, yeah, I think it's very unlikely that that's a genuine reaction time. But you know what? It was legal. It was in the limits. So fair play to him. Mm. And like, that's kind of the reaction you should be getting, really. Yeah. Uh, anyway, meanwhile, while all that was going on, uh, Verstappen had a clutch issue on the line um, and he had an awful start, dropped him right down the order. Um he sort of tried to keep it out of trouble and make it through turn one, at which point Danny Kvyat uh, piled in with everything locked up, punted Alonso into Verstappen, uh, yeah. took both of them out of the race, and Kvyat actually managed to carry on and finish the race, um, albeit having taken a stop-go. Was it a stop-go? Was it a 10-second penalty he took? Drive-through. He had a drive-through penalty. Um, it was just a very clumsy move into turn one, wasn't yeah. it, really? Yeah, indeed. Um, unfortunate for so, Verstappen. I think ordinarily it probably wouldn't have taken him out of the race, but his clutch was already in a bad shape and he got a punt in the back wheel, which gave the clutch even more of a shaking around. I think it just yeah. screwed the bearings in it, didn't it? And ruined yeah, I'm, I'm not sure if they've actually come out and said that the problems he was having at the start were then compounded by the contact and it was all yeah. it, it was made worse or not. But there, that's what Max himself thought when the interview yeah, during yeah. the race. He was saying, you know, I'd, I'd had this problem, it had gone into anti-stall, I'd managed to get it out because of problems of the clutch. And then that, it, I think he said he got hit as he, he was still messing around trying to fully engage the clutch for something and trying yeah. to fix the original problem. And he thinks that's what sort of killed it. But yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, Alonso retired from that incident as well. Uh, Grosjean actually ran up in fourth for a few laps. Um, they actually went three wide with him, Raikkonen, and Ricardo into a turn. It's turn three now, isn't it? They added an extra turn this year. They've decided that kink going uphill is a turn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there's more. There's one more corner this year. So into turn three, um, and Re- Raikkonen ran out wide, which actually let Grosjean pop up into fourth for a short time, and he ran there for a few laps until uh, Raikkonen got him back. Um, did a pretty solid job of defending as well, actually. He could easily have just sort of 
you know, sidestepped and let the faster cars through, but he actually put on a pretty good yeah. show of defending that. Um, Hamilton didn't have the greatest start. I know here last year he started back and sort of made up something daft like seven or eight places on the first lap. Uh, he pretty much held station this year. Um, and although he was on the harder tyres, he was on the super softs, whereas almost everyone else was on the ultra softs, he was actually the first of the front runners to pit. Um, Ferrari seemed to very briefly consider pitting Raikkonen to try and uh, stop Hamilton undercutting them, and then immediately decided against that. Um, I think in part because Hamilton came out of the pits and just started putting in qualifying laps immediately. Yeah. Uh, and then it kind of also looked like they'd already given up on him doing anything spectacular, and they just wanted to use him to back up Bottas into Vettel by the looks of it, which seems to be a role he's playing. Yeah. More and more often at Ferrari this year. Yeah. Um, which is what happened. Uh, Vettel pitched on lap 34 and Bottas stayed out to try and build enough of a gap. Um, it actually built an eight-second lead on Vettel at that point. Bottas's first stint was incredible. He just disappeared down the road. He was, it was very Hamilton-esque, actually, wasn't it? Um, yeah, it was... I, I, it's weird because so little actually went on in the middle of the race... You reading everything back to me is making me think that more happened than it actually did. Yeah, I mean... You're doing a good job of making nothing (laughs) sound like something, Chris. That's what I'm trying to say. (laughs) Well done. Yes. (laughs) I think that was the most interesting thing was that despite this big lead, he didn't quite pull out enough to get out ahead of Raikkonen. He also had a slow pit stop, didn't he? I was just about to say the the front right was a problem for him. It wasn't a huge thing, but it did probably add half a second to a second to his pit stop, I think. Yeah, Um, which meant he left the pits in between the two Ferraris instead of between Mm. them. Uh, Sort of Kimi held him up a little bit, but it was only about three laps before Bottas managed to get by, Um, largely because Kimi went off the road, I think, didn't he? I think he's. I think he made. Did, yeah, he, did he did a bad he, job of breaking he, for the hairpin. And it was, yeah, it was it turn one. It was turn one, wasn't it? And he. Yes, he, he was, ran away at turn one. The boss got past the hill. Someone. He, he was lapping someone, and he went over onto the dirty stuff. And yes, um, that was it. Ran wide into turn one. Then Bottas just was like, "Yoink! I'll take that candy from a baby." Um. Yep. And then that sort of just put everything back into the order it was supposed to be in, really. And we just had a last twenty-seven laps. Uh. Of Vettel trying to chase down Bottas after him getting past Kimi, his lead was down to 4.4, um, and Vettel sort of slowly reeled him in. Bottas actually had about seven lap younger tyres, I think, but mm. he had some pretty spectacular blistering going on. Um, there was a there's a few having trouble. A lot of people there, did actually, yeah, 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 especially they, on the ultras. Yeah, well, the groove in the back of but in in the middle of Bottas's left rear at the end. Like, yeah. did you see that? It was like a it was, yeah. it was like a valley down in there it's crazy <laughs> although interestingly though i was reading today how hamilton also had some sort of blistering problems but it wasn't really affecting his tires that much and he was actually going faster and faster the longer his second stint went on yeah he which, got um, the fastest lap of the race during that stint yeah uh which i like after about the second fastest lap it just became who's going to get the new lap record it was that fast yeah. this year yeah um Yes, yeah, so Vettel caught Bottas, uh, couldn't quite catch him. Uh, there were some lapsed cars, helped Bottas a little bit, I think, especially Perez, he didn't do yeah. a great job <clears throat> of being lapped. Sebastian, uh, Sebastian ran a little bit wide into, uh, I want to say, turn eight. It might have been turn eight, coming towards the end of the yeah. lap. 
and that kind of put to bed any any chance. He was on the last lap, I think that as well. So yeah, I think kind it was. Of, it's just sort of put to bed any chance he had going yeah. into the final few turns, and then um, it was Hamilton versus Ricardo, the other one, wasn't it? Yep, uh, yeah. I think in the end it was point six between Bottas and Vettel. Um, like a lot like Boss's first win, actually, he was sort of being hunted yeah. down. Vettel reckoned he only needed one more lap to uh, to do him, but he didn't have one more lap, so <laughs> there we go. The best team won on the day. Yep. So, yeah, second win for Bottas. Um, Ricardo managed to hold on to the third podium spot. Uh, Hamilton looked more like passing Ricardo than Vettel looked like passing Bottas, but Ricardo did a pretty decent job of defending. Yeah. There was one really good defence into turn. Hang on. Four. Three, four. Used four. to be three, now four. Oh, yeah. Oh, four, sorry, yeah. it's not three four. anymore, is it? Yeah. yeah. The second DRS zone. Yeah. The end of that, yeah. Yeah. Um, Hamilton had to do 40 laps on those ultrasofts, um, which is a pretty big stint. To be to be throwing overtakes at someone with 40 lap old ultrasoft tires yeah. is, uh, is pretty special, isn't it? Mm. You could argue that he took too much out of his tires too soon because that first maybe eight laps or so after his pit stop, he was just pounding in qualifying laps. Um, Would he have been in the position he was in, though? There is that, yeah. That is the other thing. Is the other way to look at it, I suppose. It was very bold to put that much into tyres in a race you're only doing one stop in, knowing mm-hmm. they have to last four. Like, like, a flat spot could have put an end yeah. to his race there. Yeah. Um, yes, yeah, so a good drives all round, really. Um yeah, I think I think this is the thing. It's like it's not exactly a bad race is not the right word because the literally probably the only person that had a bad race was Daniel Kvyat sliding into Alonso and yeah. and then obviously Alonso and Verstappen being taken out as a consequence. But other than that, no one really had a bad race per se. It was just that there wasn't they didn't feel like there was a huge amount going no. on. I mean it was a bad race for Tor uh, for well, Red Bull at their home track with only yeah. one of their four cars finishing. Yeah. All beat on the podium. Um, and that's about all that happened. We're struggling a bit with this race, yeah. aren't we? That's it. Yeah. What, have you got the overtake figures? I know that's usually a thing. I have, pull. yeah. And it, surprisingly, it was 51 overtakes. Mm. Five with DRS, one of which was for the lead, which will have five been... Five with DRS? Is that it? Yeah, only five with DRS. Wow. I think the thing is the the DRS zones are the main straight, and yeah. going back down the hill after turn four, whereas most of the overtaking at that track happens uphill into turn four, mm. which I guess the DRS points are deliberately put in places where there's not there's this no is... point putting a DRS straight on a straight you've already got overtakes happening. Yeah, I think yeah. that um, <clears throat> obviously people don't always necessarily like DRS, but my argument with it will always be as long as they're putting it in places where it aids someone moving into an overtaking position and then they've got to do the move themselves, which those figures would say it is uh, Austria. Yeah, it works there. I'm, I'm it... happier with that than just like China where it's the back straight and everyone gets past everyone on the back straight before the hairpin at the end. Yeah, um, yeah exactly. So. Whereas here it was clearly getting people close enough to sort of get on the back of them through turn one and then have a mm. run up. Yeah, to be three. Most places they get it, they do get that right. I think they've days. tuned it quite well after the few years yeah. we've had DRS, haven't they? Yeah, yeah. I suppose um, these new cars are probably going to require them to rethink some places a little bit because there's a lot more. Well, yeah, the they extended somewhere early this season, didn't they? Was it China's 
one on the start finish straight. I think it was, yeah. I can't remember where it was exactly. It might have been that one, but they moved it sort of a hundred yards further back than usual, so that it was a it was a longer DRS zone. But from memory, it did seem to benefit because people were getting the drag down into turn. Yeah, one, if that's what I was. Um, if that's what I I'm think it was, of. yeah. Yeah. Um. So I guess I'll have a quick run through the teams with a little tidbits we haven't talked about. Uh, we've obviously mentioned. Mercedes, Bottas is now only 14 points off Hamilton and 36 behind Vettel, mm. which I would argue puts him very much in the championship fight. Definitely. Yeah, he's in the mix. Considering two or three races ago, they were talking about, do they officially make him the second driver? He's um, he's sort of put an end to that, hasn't he? Yeah. He's, he's doing what Raikkonen is, unfortunately, not able to do at the minute, which very is much so. still, still bring home points and wins and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, which actually probably swings the advantage for the championship in Vettel's favour because he's got a rear gunner whereas well, Hamilton doesn't but yeah and obviously Bottas and Hamilton are potentially going to end up taking points off each other yeah which if Raikkonen's not doing that at Ferrari against Vettel it's <laughs> well yeah <clears throat> um, I did really as well this is the closest uh, the drivers championship has been after this many races since 2010 which is the season where we had seven winners in the first seven races. Yeah. So that's nice. Oh, that was a good year. That was one of the best years. Uh, this is also the first time since 2013 Hamilton has been off the podium in consecutive races. Oh, well, which is a, quite a stat. Uh, Red Bull, fifth podium in the row for Ricardo, while Verstappen is on his fifth retirement in seven races. He's having Ugh. a torrid time of it. I just I'm hating that at the minute. Well, when I mean, there this one are... at least this wasn't the team wasn't to blame. It's just Kvyat punting mm, Alonso yeah. into him. Wasn't yeah. It? Then again, it was his clutch problems in, to begin with who put Damn him in a position there. to be yeah. punted off. So that's true. <sighs> it's not what Red Bull need when there's rumours of uh, Ferrari sniffing around him. <laughs> I, you, I don't know if you've got it in the notes for later on, but I, I take it you heard about the Camp Science story about the what? Sorry. It was called it was called a Camp Science story where basically Carlos Sainz's media team put out a story to Spanish media about um oh, what was it now exactly? It was Max Verstappen had an agreement in principle that he was signing with Ferrari to leave Ferrari between now and the end of his Red Bull contract and the agreement was just to work out which year it was for how much they'd need to pay Red Bull to get him mm-hmm. and it was a story that was apparently started by Carlos Sainz's media <laughs> crew um, in Spain because obviously they're trying to big him up into the Red Bull seat Interesting so, yeah. but Chris, I think Christian Horn has also come out and said uh, this weekend that if there was a third Red Bull seat and he could bring somebody up, it would be science. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And and he's basically said that. I can't remember the exact wording of it, but it was something along yeah along those words. So it would seem that as soon as a seat becomes available, it will be his. Well, science has pretty much said that if he's not in a Red Bull next season, he's shopping elsewhere for a seat. Can so, you blame him? No, not at all. Exactly. I think, I think a team principal would be silly not to be looking at him for their... Yeah car to be honest maybe there's a uh, a new team on the horizon that might snap him up uh well there are there's there's more rumors of um a new italian team as well as that new chinese team honestly i don't even want to give it airtime because it's that stefanovic guy who supposedly was had everything in place to start stefan gp in i think it was 2010 oh, that guy yeah yeah, yeah like at which point in the fia went actually no you haven't and wouldn't accept his application so 
Yeah, the the only the only one that I'd give any substance to at the minute is the China F1. Yeah. Um just because there's there's companies that are re registering the name and stuff like that. But then again, yeah. Force India have just re registered about four different names at Company House for their name change, just yeah. so they've got them if they want them. And they've still yeah, not decided what they're gonna be called next season. They know it won't be Force India, but I, I can't remember the list of names, but they've registered like four names at Company House. Uh, all which the is ones... like Force F one and Team Force and stuff like that. Well all the ones they so... register are just Force F one I think. Because but they're just Oh they're all the same one. Yeah they're just different variants uh, of it. So they've got like Force F one holding Force F1 brand, Force F1 race. Yeah, that seems to be like the. So it's probably going to be Force F1. Yeah, un- unless unless they got a huge like title sponsor. Yeah. Um, then I'd, I'd just imagine it'd be Force F1 or something. Yeah, like that. it sounds like it. Uh, Ferrari, Kimi obviously didn't have a great race. He was having sensor issues throughout the race, which is why you kept hearing on the radio talking about. Um, setting something to fault and all that business seems to be doing a lot of steering wheel work which seems to happen to him quite a lot um but there we go uh sergio marchioni after the race said i think kimmy has got to show a higher level of commitment to the process there are days when i think he's a bit of a laggard but we'll see wow that's a bit of a... which is fairly damning um yeah. someone put that to kimmy and he basically said i'm doing my best which is <laughs> slightly sad um it increasingly looks like we won't have him around next year, I think. But then again, I feel like we've said that for the last two years and he's still there. So Yeah, he's clinging on. I, th- I think Just about. The, the thing with Raikkonen is, on his day, if he's got the right car, he's, he's like Jensen, he's like the finished Jensen button. If you give him the right car for him, he's amazing. He's yeah. a world champion. He's a... He's a he is the fin- he's the Finnish equivalent of Jensen Button for me. <laughs> uh, yeah, as, as much as I love Jensen and I'd, he'll always be one of my faves, he was the kind of driver where, unfortunately, if he didn't have the car, he wasn't. He wasn't like he wasn't the best driver there all the time, was he? Certain people like no, no matter what car you put him in, like Alonso with what he does with the McLaren yeah. at the minute, things like that, you just sort of expect greatness out of him, no matter what car they're in. Jensen was it needed all to be quite fine he was a master of the mix conditions don't get me wrong I'd yeah. put yeah. money on him no matter what there but the, just on a general dry race I think he kind of needed the car to be with him didn't he to suit his style Yeah, he's very much in that second tier of in fact it's been interesting to talk about him in depth a bit more at some other time but there's that sort of second tier of drivers some of which get a single world championship some don't so like Jensen's in there Kimmy's in there Coulthard is probably in that list as well. Weber's definitely in that list. That kind of second single world champion, maybe, tier. Below your mm. sort of multiple world champions in your Alonzos and your Hamiltons and your Vettels. Yeah, I think I think one of the other things that's significant as well is winning multiple championships at multiple teams. Yeah, definitely. Sort of like Hamilton obviously winning one with a, a, a McLaren, but then winning a Mercedes. Vettel winning um, with Red Bull and potentially then winning one with Ferrari. That's sort of where you start to signify yeah. your expertise as a driver in the sport is because yeah fair enough you might just be following around the best car at the time but it's kind of it's been good enough for them to take you on to do that and stuff like that i just think that that's where you know it sort of is highlighted isn't it yeah Yeah, definitely yeah uh carrying on force india came seventh and eighth um they tried to undercut grosjean but didn't quite pay off um ocon ended up on an opposite tire strategy to the williams which meant he spent the whole second half of the race just holding off williams on newer faster tires uh but he managed to do it uh some another double points finish for them 
Um, Williams, speaking of them, an amazing recovery from 17th and 18th in qualifying to yeah. finish 9th and 10th both in the points. I don't think they imagined they'd get a double points finish in their wildest dreams. Yeah. Really great drives from them. They were atrocious in qualifying, weren't they? Yeah. I, I think yeah. Did you see any of the onboards? I'm I'm not 100% sure if this is the reason for it, but I heard something during the weekend that they'd brought some kind of update which was aimed at improving the race pace, which it very clearly did, mm. <laughs> considering their race pace. But I think it, from the sounds of it, it had a really detrimental effect on the quali pace, uh, which is why they were just struggling so much during quali on low fuel and yeah, I mean, and uh, quali speeds. Looking at the onboards, it looks such a handful. It was yeah. they were twitching around every corner. Um, I saw Paddy Lowe actually said uh, after qualifying on Saturday, it felt very much like um. Singapore last year for Mercedes where just everything didn't seem to be working right and no one was yeah. entirely sure why. Mm. They've got the, they've uh, got the work cut out this week. Yeah. Um, the, the yeah. question is, is obviously do they, if it is an update that's improved the race pace but it's made that much of a detriment to um, to qualifying pace, the question is, is do you just remove it and sacrifice some of the race pace because they weren't exactly poor in race pace were no. they it's not like no. they were terrible I, I, don't think it, I don't think it had come to that I think they've I think it's more like Paddy Lowe said they've just had a bit of a bad weekend they've not been able to get it sort of set up properly in the first place and they've probably just been chasing set up the whole whole weekend the run up to qualifying and it's yeah. put them where they are but maybe maybe just before qualifying they were like right let's just set it up for a good race and clear they've had a really good race yeah well it's it's no good having race pace from the back of the grid when you've still got force india and one of the hasses finishing in front of you true but there we go there just there just comes a point where you have to stop chasing lap time and and go for yeah make your drivers comfortable be interesting to see how well i go in silverstone because that's a track that tends to suit them mm. so yeah um mclaren uh van dorn got a penalty for ignoring blue flags um it looked like he was trying to be clever and use the cars that were lapping him to sneak past Palmer while they were getting past. And I think he just made a mess of it and ended up passing too many blue flags, which he got a yeah. penalty for. Uh, as we said, Alonso managed to get as high as 10th until turn one when he was taken out. Uh, Torosso is a DNF for signs for reasons that don't appear to be entirely clear. Uh, Kvyat got a drive through for his turn one discretion and came home albeit last on the road mm-hmm. Haas as we said uh, up in the points that's their fifth consecutive point scoring race they've already equaled their points total from last season which is damn impressive um, Grosjean qualified sixth finished sixth and finished on the lead lap which I think is the most impressive thing yeah there. I'm going to say I had that note down in my notes that he was he was the last person on the lead lap he was the only one out of the outside the big three as we'll call them that yeah. was on the lead lap uh, yeah, he actually, person. he said afterwards he felt like they won Formula One Grand Prix too because they were like yeah. the best <laughs> of the rest sort of thing. Uh, yeah. I think that's, this is a good time for one of my emergency questions. <laughs> oh yeah. Go. Um, years ago, there was talk of having a two-tier Formula One. Yes. Mm-hmm. Is that what we've ended up with anyway? Um, it's I would, difficult. I would argue we, mm, it's getting more that way. For a while, we had a three-tier one, albeit one of those tiers was only Red Bull. 
Yeah. Red Bull seem to be catching up now, but... Mm. I would argue, and, and especially based on... Because it was Grosjean's comment what prompted this thought. I would say that we definitely, right now, definitely right now have a uh, a two-tier Formula 1 series. Cause when, when, the, yeah. When the, when the lead cars... When, when you only get, what, I think it was five four or five cars finish on the lead lap and everyone else has been lapped. I know it's a short yeah. track. It is a short track, this one. But I, I do feel like even Red Bull now as well, the top three are just so far away from the rest below them that... It, 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 it's, it's moving that way in the sense that if you saw everybody pre-race weekend, like, for example, coming up to Silverstone... Who are you going to pick from that's going to win that race? It's going to be a Mercedes driver, a Ferrari driver, or potentially, if if things fall their way, it's going to be a Red Bull driver. You're not going to be looking at anyone further down the grid to win the race, yeah. or, or or put it on pole. Like you look at our prediction league every single week, and it's Hamilton, Bottas, Raikkonen, Sebastian, and then occasionally Danny Rick or or Max. Someone makes a bit, of, and even that's a bit of a left field call when you're saying they're going to stick it on pole or or, or win the race. So mm. it's definitely heading that way. I, you can't deny that because you're only looking at six cars to to finish on the lead lap and be challenging for the wins on the podiums. Uh, and it's a, not a surprise, but it's unexpected when other people break into that, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, unless you get a situation like we had in uh, Baku, you can't see anyone other than the top three teams being on the mm. podium. Yep. It's interesting. It's something I think a lot of people are keen on fixing, but it's difficult to achieve without interfering too much, I guess. If if you look at the lap times in qualifying, in, particularly in Q3, there's about half a second between Max Verstappen's time and Roman Grosjean's time. Yeah. Compared to, they go up in, uh, from sort of one to six, they go up in about two or three tenth increments. And then there's suddenly a Suddenly there's like a bit of a, a, it's like a half second back. Yeah. It's the same as when you first had the three new teams as well, and it, up until all, all three of them were gone, you know, when there was three of them and you had HRT, Catrum, Lotus, whatever they were called originally, and Manor, when you had those three teams, they were so far off the pace that it was just those six racing between each other, and you'd get, like you say, you'd get so many at the top, then you get a bit of a jump and you get the midfield, and then every, those six would be like a second off the pace yeah. and it was just a challenge between those as to who could finish the highest of the of the six of them yeah. um i think and, we've got the same thing now i think we've got yeah between sort of when you look at um your mclaren i mean mclaren are sort of bringing it back it looks like now to be fair to them but um when you look at the uh your saubers for, for a long time it was sauber and mclaren fighting for the scraps at the back in in, in sort of a, a tier of their own and then you had the midfield and then you had the mm. top the top six well the top two top two teams really i suppose the question would be is how if you were going to go down the route of making it into a multi-class formula how would you define a class 
Yeah. Because obviously there's there's very strict regulations that are different between, as an example, LMP one and LMP two, or in your touring car um, series like DTMs and British touring cars and so on. The difference is whether you're a factory team or you're an independent. So would you maybe start splitting people into factories and independents because obviously you know Mercedes are a factory, Ferrari are a factory, Renault are a factory, but then Renault are going to be suffering because they've got independent teams that are better than them at the minute, like your Red Bull, because they're yeah. officially an independent. So it's it's where you draw the line and how you split them up, isn't it, if you're going to do it? Yeah. I think... I, I don't know that it's that wrong the way it is. I think there should be... There's always going to be a gap, and I think the way these regulations have shook out with the engines is probably the thing, because you've got to, you've got to remember that Sauber are running basically last year's engine. Yeah. And, and you could argue that Honda are, are a year behind in technology as well. So that it, it's, it almost seems right for them to be on a par with last year's Ferrari mm-hmm. engine in the Sauber, even though, as we've said, they're, they're, they seem to be just about starting to bring it back to me. Um, and yeah, that's I mean, that's really all I've got to say about it. I think I, I don't have a massive problem with it. It's it's the way Formula One has been for a long, long time. You're always going to have privateers and and struggling teams to to stay on it. But my my point being, I don't really see why there was such a hoo ha about it being a two tier championship because that's effectively what it is anyway. Yeah, yeah. I mean. You get it. You get eras, though, don't you? Whenever there's sort of a big rule change, someone else will do it right, and it does chop and change around. I mean, we've we've been in the Mercedes era before that; it was Red Bull. There was sort of a few years before that where it was a few different teams. Um, it was Ferrari for a big chunk before that. It was McLaren for a few years before that, and I'm sure. I imagine we'll have a couple of years of it being a little bit mixed up, like we have it now, and then someone else will sort of rise to the top. Well, hopefully they won't do another massive regulation change before twenty. What is it? Twenty twenty one. I think the new formula is due. I th- yeah, I think that's the so, the. I think it has to be in by twenty twenty two. I think is what they've they've said that they will change it by twenty twenty two. But they could bring it in at twenty twenty one. Yeah, I'd, I'd be perfectly happy for them to leave things as they are. Yeah, now, likewise until twenty twenty one, because that is what it, traditionally that has always been what's closed up the pack. When you're looking at sort of the two thousand and eight championship qualifying, every literally every qualifying session they were tenths apart, and it was it was actually yeah. the same in two thousand and nine as well. Like those top few teams. The, there were tiny, tiny margins between, and it's actually mm. what we've got this year with the top teams. It's super, super close. I remember watching qualifying sessions in those days, though, when like a second separated the top fifteen cars. Yeah, and that's what you want to see. You want to see that yeah. really, really close margins. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> food, hmm. definite food for thought. Yeah, totally. Have I ruined? Have I ruined the day with? <laughs> Not <laughs> at all. The episode with a weird question. <laughs> no, to be honest, you've, you've helped us fill time. <laughs> <laughs> um, right, last couple of bits from this race. Uh, yet another 11th place for Palmer. He was only half a second off his first points of the season this time. Yeah. Um, didn't quite work out for him yet again. Uh, Hulkenberg had a terrible start and put him near last, and he never really recovered from that. Sauber 14th and 15th. Worth noting that Verline started from the pit lane, but came home ahead of his teammate. Yeah. Um, and that's about your lot. 
Hmm. Um, it's the driver of the day. Uh, Bottas got the official driver of the yeah. day. As we were saying earlier, it seems to be driver of the day is always officially the winner or Max. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I take I take those vote results with a pinch of salt. Yeah. personally. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, it was a great drive from like, Bottas. Like for, for me, for me, I've got I've got three candidates that I think at least deserve credit, and that's Grosjean for just being solid and holding his position from quality and being the only person that wasn't lapped out of the three big teams, like we were saying before. Mm. Uh, and then Massa and Stroll just for getting from where they did, avoiding all the carnage and, and bringing them both home in the points, and just a steady race from them to to make the way through the field and into the points. And I think all three deserve at least some credit for for what are three, albeit not standout drives, but definitely yeah. very good solid drives from all three. Yeah. I hadn't actually considered until you mentioned it, Stu, that with this being such a short track, Grosjean being on the lead lap is even more impressive, actually. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, it's like a one minute seven, isn't it? Some of the fastest times. Yeah, I mean, being on the lead lap around Spa is a slightly easier... Mm. I mean, I know you're doing a roughly the same distance, but even so, it's less laps. Um, yeah, I think I'll give it Grosjean. I think he did a really solid job. I sold it. Yes. <laughs> uh, I am going to be contrary... Here we go. I'm probably going to say Bottas. Yeah. I don't like to go for the official <laughs> drive of the day, but unless I, it's I just deserved. Said, yeah, the way he soaked up the pressure from Vettel in the end, I think was very cool. Head. Very easy to me. It's only his second victory, bear in mind, and it would have been yeah. very, very easy for him to, uh, you know, just to snag a wheel towards the end as the tires were going off, or you know, also worth noting there. that. He also managed to overtake Raikkonen without them touching at all, which is noteworthy. <laughs> wow, that is for the first time ever. Possibly ever, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so mine's Bottas anyway. That's that's where I'm gonna fall. Yeah, I think it's a it's a solid suggestion, but I think I think if we're going diplomatically, I think we're gonna go for Grosjean. Yeah, his brakes didn't fail him. Yeah, brought it home. Well, this is the thing. Like when the it's a, it's annoyed me for the last few races because he's clearly had pace, but things like that have let him down so it's nice to see him finally feeling a bit happier in the car because you know things like the brakes yeah are working and stuff um and he lets him show what he can do which we know he is capable of because of what he's done in the past uh move of the day is going to be a tricky one there's a big blank space on this document underneath where we've written move of the day literally the only thing i can really think of is Danny Rick defending against Lewis yeah. Yeah. towards the end of the race. Really. Not very often you have a defensive move of the day, but mm. the only other thing I can think of was Hamilton going around the outside of uh, Grosjean at turn four, yes. um, yeah, which is a decent a, overtake. That was a, quite a big move, isn't it? That, 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 when anyone, whenever you see anyone go around the outside, you always have to feel for the driver who's been overtaken. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was a yeah. slightly risky one there. There's not much margin for error on that corner either, like, there's not much of a curb, but then you're in the gravel, so it was a mm. a ballsy put, move. You're putting a lot of faith in the guy you're overtaking as well, because he's going to be pushing and pushing, and he could easily mm. have just yeah, pushed too hard and not just wash yeah. out. So. Yeah, mm. but my, my 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 move of the day, I would agree with Tom and and say yeah, I think so too. Uh, Ricardo. If it was overtake of the day, we'd go Hamilton, but I think for move of the day, we'll go defensive move and we'll give it. Well, to yeah, Danny Rick. We, from memory, we've even considered like. Um, genius pit strategies for move of the day because it's yeah. still it's still something isn't it it's like 
that is what changed the race. That is the thing that did it. So, yeah, I think that that's probably the best you can be yeah, definitely. pull out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's a shame. It's a shame because we had such a cracking race last year. Yeah. It's it's like we were saying before, though. It's not that it was a bad race. It was never a bad race no. at any point. It's just there wasn't a huge amount No, not on. really. Yeah. I suppose coming off the back of, uh, of yeah. uh, Well Done Baku as well, then... That's always going to be. Hmm. How do you follow that? <laughs> like, I, yeah. feel, I almost feel bad for the organisers of at Spielberg for uh, having to f- chase that Grand Prix because yeah. that was such a killer Grand Prix. Uh, on to Sebastian Vettel's favourite feature. Oh yeah, sorry, I was pressed the button, hadn't I? <laughs> Honestly, what the f- are we doing here? <laughs> uh, nominations. Uh, I, I'm looking at the document now, and I would say. From that, I think Danny Kvyat. I think it's got to be Kvyat, really, hasn't it? <laughs> yeah. The, the only reason I put Vettel in is just because it's his award, really, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's I, his I, little soundbite. I do but... think it, Vettel's attitude is getting a bit daft. Yeah. And it's not really becoming of a quadruple. Was he a quadruple world champion? He's a quadruple champion. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely not. But, but, but yeah, yeah, it's Danny Kvyat. Kvyat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what is he doing? What are we doing here? What is he doing, man? He, can't, <laughs> he cannot. He's getting to Maldonado levels of, of crashdom as well. Mm. Interestingly, um, Christian Horner actually said that he didn't blame him for it and he considered it a racing incident, which is interesting. Mm. I think, is that not just being diplomatic in front of the press? Though? Possibly. I thought I thought something some things he said about it afterwards because they were saying I think it was Sky that were particularly trying to push him and saying like do you think he'll get replaced at the end of the year you know he's going to get a seat for 2018 and Christian was like I'm not going to base that on just one race today it was a yeah. it was a racing incident into turn one and and so on it's like it can't have been that much of a racing incident because he got a drive through and the stewards are usually pretty lenient on turn one incidents yeah so um. <clears throat> Well, actually, the story knock around today is that it looks like he is actually going to get a new deal at Toro Rosso next year. Mm, Um, They have said they've already assured signs there's a deal for next year, should he want it. Uh, And when they were asked if Kvyat's option be taken up, Christian Horner said, not yet, but I cannot see a scenario where it won't be. Uh, Which is interesting, especially when Pierre Gasly is sort of waiting in the wings. Mm. Um, Although I... I think it's more likely that Sainz is going to go elsewhere, to be honest. Think you think Sainz is going to go to a big team, or maybe a factory team? I can see them go, someone else snatching him up, yeah. It, it makes you wonder, if they're saying we, we are looking to retain Danny, it makes you wonder if there is definitely things going yeah. on internally, which means that they know there's a good chance they might not keep hold of Carlos much longer, meaning that they want to retain Danny, so they've got some experience to go alongside Gasly. Yeah. Um, I might just quickly run through a few news stories actually while we're on that sort of tangent. Uh, speaking of Gasly, uh, Pierre Gasly has been confirmed as uh, Sebastian Buemi's replacement for the New York E-Prix. Mm-hmm. Um, they tried to do a last-minute deal to allow uh, Buemi to do one of the two races in New York because uh, he has Toyota LMP1 commitments, but Toyota were having none of it. Uh, and insisted he stay at the Nürburgring for as long as they need him there. 
which is unfortunate for him as he's leading the championship. Uh, but yeah. it'll be quite fun seeing Pierre Gasly in that car. Uh, see how he stacks up. Um, one thing I did think was interesting is that uh, he's already done a day and a half of um, testing for uh, the Renault Formula E team. So he has had a bit of time in the car, but he's going to miss the Friday shakedown session in New York uh, due to having Red Bull F1 simulator commitments that day. Hmm. I mean, surely Red Bull could stick someone else in the simulator to give the kid his shakedown. That's yeah, pretty harsh, isn't it? It seems harsh to me, yeah. I thought that was an odd one, but there we go. Uh, but yeah, it'll be fun to see him in Formula E for a couple of races anyway. Um... Also on Formula E, uh, Audi have completed a full takeover of the apt team um, in one of the most ridiculous name changes in motorsport history. So they are currently called... Let me get this right. <laughs> it's basically just changing the name round, isn't They've it? just it's... changed the order. Yeah. It's kind it's of like... Schaeffler, wasn't it? They're, cur- actually, they're currently called yeah. App Schaeffler Audi Sport, and they're going to yeah. now be called Audi Sport App Schaeffler. Yep. What? Yeah. Yep. Oh, well um, worth all the lawyers. Yeah, completely. That one, isn't it? Um, but it does mean that Audi will have a full factory team in uh, Formula E, which is which is good. That's good. Yeah. Um, after obviously staying on as a sort of operational part of it, uh, I only hope that means they that doesn't mean they change the paint job to something dull and corporate because <laughs> the apt is currently green yellow and red and if they yeah. change that to a gray car that would be a shame I mean, some of those I've are got to say to though share for colors i think aren't they mm. not my favorite car livery though i've got to say no it's not my favorite car livery but it's better than something gray yeah <laughs> it's a bit loud isn't it red <laughs> and yellow and green yeah <laughs> Um, and then a final bit of news, uh, Sergio Marconi has apparently ruled out Fernando Alonso returning to the team. Yeah, that means he'll definitely be there next season. He <laughs> <laughs> probably, yeah. Uh, he said, Alonso may well have shown the desire to return to Ferrari, but he did not find the right response from our side. We're not interested. As for Verstappen, we have not signed anything before the end of the year, you'll know. Oh. Nice and non Verstappen holds the key to the driver market at the minute he he? is he he is the key to the silly season now if if anything goes on with him the floodgates will open because there's a seat at red bull which means there's potentially a seat at toro rosso which means that there's potentially seats elsewhere there's a lot riding on that i think yeah well what what seats do we think are going to be available next season Possibly Kim is because he he has a contract on the table as far as I know that's not been signed yet. They've they've offered him an extension. Yeah, is what they've said. So there's def- um, they're definitely well likely a Fa- let's quickly run through them. Lightly a Ferrari seat. Yeah, there could well be a Renault works team seat. Yeah, there could uh, I would say almost certainly a Renault seat. Yeah, there could be a Red Bull. Yeah, potentially. Which would lead to a Toro Rosso. I would could... now say, I would now say definitely not a Mercedes seat. Um, I think yeah. Bottas has done enough to get another it's, year there. It's probably done enough, but nothing's concrete yet. And in Formula One, things can change very quickly. So I would, I'd, I'd hazard that there could still, at this stage, there could still be a Mercedes seat in the works. Stranger yeah. things, far stranger things have happened in Formula yeah, One. Yeah, that's true. 
Um, you know, think back to Damon Hill winning the championship and then getting booted out of Williams. Yeah, it's true. Ninety-five, I think that was. Um, <clears throat> what else we got? We've got. I would say depending on where, if a Renault seat becomes available, depending on where they go shopping, there's a potential Force India seat available. Yeah. Yeah. Potential Williams seat available. There could be a lot of changes next. Mass is only on a one. Yeah, Massa Massa could be. Well, now that Stroll starting to get stuff under his belt, you might think that Massa will go back to retirement and somebody will fill that seat. So yeah, there's definitely yeah. potential. There. Very good chance of a McLaren seat available. Yeah. yeah, if Alonso decides to go and race IndyCars or something else or will mm. endurance. Yeah. So basically, nearly every single team potentially will, think will have yeah. a seat. Yeah. The only one we've not actually thrown out there, I think, is Sauber. I mean, and, uh, yeah. you look I mean, at Sauber and Haas. Who knows who'll end up there? Yeah, oh, it's yeah, Haas. Sorry, yeah. I think, I think, as long as Grosjean's happy with the car towards the end of the year, he'd stay. I don't think he'd walk away from it unless a big seat came up for him. But I don't know about K Mag. I don't know about his situation there because he's been very. I don't know. Just. He had a good weekend in Baku, I suppose, didn't he, to a certain extent. But then, other than that, really, he's been a little bit anonymous through the season. I've not seen a huge amount of him, really, have you? So, so as we do head into silly season, we are lined up for a pretty far-fetched silly season this year, <laughs> as Danny Ricciardo would say. Yeah, quite possibly. Which, hmm. at least we'll have plenty to talk about. That's true, yeah. Break. <laughs> yeah. Which we've somehow managed to do in this podcast as well. Um, <laughs> so I guess we should quickly rattle through predictions. Yeah. Yay. Well, not yay, but... Yay. <laughs> well, <laughs> mate, yay for you. Um, yeah, well, yay for me, yeah. So... Uh, what a bad week. <laughs> it's been a pretty bad week all around, let's be honest. Yeah. Um, so pole position Tom managed to get. He went for Bottas, yeah. which was... He was the only person to get that one right. Yep. Uh, nobody got the winner right. We all said either Hamilton or Datsly said Vettel, uh, which was wrong. <laughs> uh, first retirement, we had quite a spread of drivers, actually, for first retirement. Uh, but Paul Kelsall went slightly out there and said Verstappen and got that spot on. So a nice big point for him. Uh, number of finishers... Everybody said 15 except Stu, who said 16, which was spot on. I was on. so surprised by that when I was yeah. looking at it earlier. I was filling in the board yeah. and I was like, oh my God, everyone said 15 bar Stu. <laughs> yeah. And I did my research on that one as well, I must say. I, I <laughs> so uh, we had four retirements last season and there were four retirements this season as well. Um, and finally, Roman Grosjean, who came home sixth. Uh, Tom was closest with the eighth, so he gets half a point. Um, yeah. Most of us actually put him in the points. So yeah. at least we got that part of it right. Yeah. Um, wow. Should we make some so, predictions for? Are we, are we predicting next race? This. Yeah, I think we're going to have to do it now. Yeah, we're in a week this, away. It's too close, isn't it? <laughs> uh, I'll quickly run through the leaderboard. Uh, so Ika got no points this week, which leaves her on four point five. Uh, Paul Kelso got one point, so he's up to six. That's life. Got no points, so they're on six and a half. So Paul's closed that gap. Stu got a whole point to my zero points, which means Stu and me are now both on 11. Yes. Uh, and Tom has extended his lead ever so slightly. He's now on 17. I've Oof. done a I've done a Bottas. I've brought myself back you into the game. You have, back in contention. Yeah. yeah. I'm no longer number one to challenge Tom. No. Um, yeah, I'd, uh, 
forgot until just now that we're only a week away from or less than yeah, a week away from Silverstone. Yeah. So we should probably you, do some predictions. You, yeah, you may have heard me feverishly typing earlier on <laughs> in the podcast to uh, <laughs> to get this table sorted for the next episode. Um, I am going to feverishly find the uh, random driver table. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to feverishly look up last year's. <laughs> I've that's one thing I have Silverstone already done. So yeah, let's. I guess let's dive straight into some predictions, shall we? Yeah. So who wants to go first? Me. Pole position. Hamilton. What? <laughs> Left field. <laughs> uh, I'm. Uh, who's next? You're speaking. You go next. I'm speaking. <laughs> I'm speaking. God, this is this has not been a great episode, guys. <laughs> 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 Uh, I am going to say ah, it's hard um, I think I don't want to do this but I I just can't keep predicting Hamilton so I'm going to say Vettel I was thinking exactly the same thing who's typing these in? no one this is an absolute <laughs> disaster today <laughs> isn't it? I'll do it I- I'll type them I was um, going to say Vel to be different, but now you've been different. I'm going to say Hamilton. <laughs> so, so you, Tom, you were going to you were going to say, say I said Hamilton. You were going to say Vettel to be different, but because somebody else has said oh, Vettel, you're going to say Hamilton to be the same. No, I'm no, no. I'm sticking to my guns. I'm going Vettel. Change that back. I'm going Vettel. <laughs> change that back. Hand me that keyboard. Get that so changed. Can we, can we be clear? You are saying Vettel. I'm saying Vettel for pole position. Okay. okay. I am, however, saying Hamilton for the win. <laughs> Hamilton for the win. Okay. Well, it's funny you should say that, Chris, because I was going to go Hamilton for the win as well. I think he'll. The home crowd is worth over <laughs> quite a lot per lap. Tom, you know what I'm going to say is Hamilton. Oh. We've got. A, the the thing got is, a... am I right in saying he could now be the first person to win that Grand Prix either four or five times in a row if he wins this quite weekend? possibly. I believe oh, so. Wow. That'd be a that'd be a good one to see. He's, I mean, he's breaking all of his records, isn't he? He's just been mm. he's just had the first double non podium over two <laughs> race weekends. So hopefully he'll uh, break that record as well. First retirement, uh, Tom. You can go f- first this. No, Chris. No, I'll go first this time. I'm not. Going first, <laughs> <laughs> uh, first retirement. Last ah, year it was Verline. Verline. Um, I think. The Toro Rossos are having such a bad time of it at the minute that I think it's going to be another Toro Rosso again. I'm amazed Verstappen was classed as the first retirement this time because I would have thought... Alonso managed a lap before he came in. Oh, did he? Yeah. I I thought with that shunt, I I was expecting um, uh, Kvyat to to, to be out. Uh, according to official classification, Verstappen didn't finish any laps, and Alonso finished one, which is why Verstappen went down as the first retirement. Um, I'm, so I'm going to continue my grudge, and not that I've got much of a grudge against him. <laughs> I'm going to just say science because I think it's a possibility <laughs> again. He's had a bit of a run of poor performances, science. So yeah, that's true. Uh, Tom, who are you going for? Um, Marcus Ericsson. Ericsson, okay. He's mm. been very quiet, Ericsson, hasn't he? He's mm. been quiet, so quiet that he's probably going <laughs> to crash. <Yeah>. Quietly <laughs> disappear. Um, <laughs> all, all that. <laughs> yeah. Quietly pull off the turn two. Um, uh, I'm going to go left field. I'm going to go Raikkonen. Raikkonen. Ooh. Ooh. 
Now, would it will it be a collision with Bottas? Do you want to give yourself an extra point? <laughs> yeah, do you want, do you want to try and do, extra point? do what I did? <laughs> hey, I didn't get an extra point for that. No. <laughs> I'm only kidding, I'm kidding. Uh, no, I think it's going to be more of a Verstappen situation. Is going to be either either have a bad qualifying or he'll have a bad start or something and end up getting collected. Mm. Okay. Fast turn one. Yeah. Uh, number of finishers. Last, last season, we had one, two, three, four, five retirements last season. So 17 finishers. But bear in mind that we've got two less cars on the yep. grid. So effectively year. 15. Yeah. Mm. I'm going to say 14. 14. Wow, 14, okay. I'm going to go <clears throat> with the average from last season and say 15. Mm. 15. Um, I will go 16 again then, so we're all different. I don't want to predict the same <laughs> on that one because that's finally the finally random, random driver, driver who is Esteban Ocon. Ooh, Ocon. Oh, he's been doing all right, Ocon. Um... Who's going? Who's turn is it to go first? It was Tom, then Chris, uh, then me, then Tom. It's your turn. Yeah, I'll go first. I'm gonna say seventh. Damn it, seventh. Mm. Chris, oh, seventh. I'm already seventh. thinking seventh. <laughs> um, go on, do it, do it, Stu. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, seventh. I think ninth. Okay. There we go. Interesting. So that's, that's all of them. They're all in there. So pole. We've got Chris got Vettel. Tom's got Hamilton. I've got Vettel. Win. We've all got Hamilton. First retirement. Chris Raikkonen. Tom Erickson. Me. Science. Um, number of finishers. Chris. Fourteen. Tom fifteen. Me sixteen. And random driver. You've both got seventh for Ocon, and I've got ninth for Ocon. Oh, what if Very it comes good. eighth? Who gets the points if no one else is anywhere near? Half we'll have to around. we'll have to clarify that one when we come to it. A rule we need to clarify, I think, going ahead from this week is what we do about pulls and penalties. Ah, yes. Because an interesting point was raised by the guys from That's Life this week, which was they they knew about Hamilton's five place penalty before making their prediction because of when it was announced. So what would have happened if he'd have been fastest but then penalised. So we need to make a clarification now, gentlemen, as to how that ruling will work going forward. Okay, my vote is that whoever is the fastest in qualifying, that's how it should be. Which is what I did say to them at the time. I I said if you want to go with Hamilton and he is fastest before his penalty, we would give them the point for that. Yeah, Um, Yeah, definitely. So is that our official qualification standings? So we should say qualifying winner we should change it to just for uh, clarification yeah for, for clarity reasons so or fastest no, it's fastest not... qualifier yeah <laughs> that is what it is isn't it now yes. it's fastest qualifier okay um, and then case. while we're here we might as well qualify qualify clarify the <laughs> random driver thing so if it's if it does land on eight and nobody has guessed eighth what do we do? <laughs> I'd say I any- the same thing applies to number of finishes as well. Yeah, I think if, if people are either side of it, then they all get half a point, I would say. I'm yeah. happy with that. I'm happy with yeah. that as well. Excellent. Cool. Let's this is how democracy eight. works effectively. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so that's what we think, but let us know what you think. You can uh, tweet us or Facebook us or Instagram us. Uh, we're on backofthegrid.com. 
Twitter's back of the grid F1. You can search for us. We're in all the places. Uh, and let us know uh, what you think for your predictions, and we will add you to the leaderboard. Uh, we're going to have a prize at the end of the season for the person that's not us that does the best. Uh, but we're also going to have a prize for anyone who can get a clean sweep as well, so it's not, never too late to join in. Yes, join mm. in, join in. Please Try do. and get that clean sweep, please. We um yeah, we, we, it, it'll be super impressive if someone does. Yeah, I, I really want someone to get that. I really do. It'd be I'd yeah, me too. I, I will. I'll be tripping if someone gets all because it's such a hard <laughs> thing to predict as well. It'd be so cool if someone can do it. Um, right, we've gone on for a bit, but there's one more thing I want to quickly mention before we finish. I, you may remember a week or two ago, I sort of loosely mentioned that there may be something happening in London maybe soon. That was last week, wasn't it? Yeah. So on the official Formula One account today, they tweeted special event F1 schools and innovation, July 12th, 12 to 4, Trafalgar Square, all ages. And they tagged in F1 in schools and Formula Student and Dare to be Different. Uh, with no more information than that, which is a little vague. Uh, a newspaper whose name I refuse to say out loud have um, pulled up a story about this as well, saying that Liberty Media have given the green light for a show run in London on Wednesday. They then go on to say the day before the Grand Prix, which is clearly not Wednesday. So <laughs> take Excellent from that what you will. Reporting. It, yeah. Um, but they they are saying there's a proposed demo run around Whitehall uh, on Wednesday. Um, TFL have posted about road closures around Trafalgar Square and Whitehall between midday and midnight, causing congestion. Uh, Jake Humphrey has now posted a picture of them building a stage in Trafalgar Square uh, with the hashtag F1 Live. And a Twitter account called at F1 Live London has gone live but hasn't actually tweeted anything yet. So it seems like they're very stealthily, with no notice at all, having F1 cars on the streets in London on Wednesday. Doesn't sound that stealthily. <laughs> well, it's... You would think something like this would be mentioned way in advance. Yeah, yeah. You would. And they seem to have given us, like, barely two days' notice. Yeah. Um, See, the thing is, I'd, I would have gone down for something like that had I known less yeah, exactly. than 48 hours before it occurred. This is, this is why you need to learn to drive, Tom, because you could just pass <laughs> the line, mate. I, I think it's more the um, the fact of having a job to do uh, <laughs> than, than always, that. I, I'd happily get the train. It's yeah. more the job. Yeah. <laughs> so I think I might attempt to either book a half day's holiday or just slip out of work and go down and see what's going on. So if I do, I'll be sure to report back and tweet about it yeah, i'm really annoyed that i'm booked on that day i might i might uh, have a, just a, a cheeky long lunch i might have a word to do <laughs> see if we can go down there and have a little look so uh, i might be up for meeting you chris if you're up for that yeah let me know but, <laughs> we're just making uh, <laughs> making personal plans on the podcast <laughs> if, if we fancy if any, if any fancy points afterwards around. as well Oh, I don't know about that. I'll have to get back. <laughs> if there are any listeners around, though... I was just about to say, if any listeners turn up now and say, you need, you know, this is why we need back-of-the-grid T-shirts. Yeah. This is why we need merchandise. <laughs> uh, I'll be wearing a, uh, a Brexit hat, a.k.a. <laughs> um, Lewis Hamilton's uh, Union Jack clad cap from <laughs> last year's British Grand Prix. Yes. <laughs> if anyone is around, tweet us and we'll not find each other in a crowd of people, but... Uh... <laughs> but yeah we'll see what that is um 
but g- given that we said nothing happened in this race, we've been talking for well over an hour now, so we should probably wrap up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. An hour of nonsense. 80% um, content not to do with the race. But no, still. not at all. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes, as mentioned, we are at Back of the Grid F1 on Twitter, so follow us and talk to us and all those things. Uh, if you want to talk to us, I'm TNM Chris, Tommy's TomKing89, and Stu is Stu underscore PX. And that is about everything. Uh, so we will see you after the British Grand Prix this coming weekend. Bye. Bye, everyone. Bye. This podcast is part of Britpod Scene, an independent network of uniquely British podcasts that's always growing. Check out BritpodScene.com or BritpodScene on Twitter to find out more.